Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to GEMS Podcast. For those of you that are new to the community, I am Miss Genesis Amaris Kemp, the podcast founder and host. For those seasoned listeners, thank you so much for listening to another segment. With me today is a special guest by the name of May Hole. Shoot, and I hope I didn't butcher his name, but he will definitely correct me. And I'm Chef, yeah. Thank you, Chef. So May Hole, Chef. And I'm going to share a little bit more about his background, and then we're going to dive into how he grew from 5K to over 8 million in sales, starting with his parents' basement. So here's a little bit more about May Hole. May Hole Shet was born in Pennsylvania to Indian immigrants and grew up in New Jersey. After getting married, him and his wife moved to San Diego. May Hole's hard work, perseverance, and instinct turn the business that was started in, in his parents' basement in New Jersey into a multi-million dollar distribution company. May Hole lives in Carlsbad, California with his wife and boy-girl twins. He loves scuba diving, chess, golf, racquetball, and still a New York Jets ticket holder after 25 years of living 3,000 miles from the playing field. Man, that's dedicated, y'all. He started an aircraft and aerospace materials distribution operation from his parents' basement and built it over 21 years and then sold the company to a $150 million multinational corporation. He developed every aspect of the operation, including finance, accounting, shipping, receiving, repackaging, customer service, and outside sales force. He secured product lines with top manufacturers, and they were recognized in the industry as one of the top aerospace distributors. He signed and executed government contracts, major airline contracts as a small business and a small disadvantaged business as identified by the SBA. And for those of you who aren't aware, the SBA is Small Business Association. So without further ado, let's bring on the man behind it all, Mayhol Shep. Thank you for having me on the program. I really appreciate it. Although you mentioned that the Jets situation, they got crushed yesterday again. So things aren't good in that vernacular but overall i really appreciate being on the program thank you so much for just coming on to share as well as whole space may and before we dive into how you took the business from 5k to over 8 million i definitely want to give the audience a chance to get to know you a little bit better and i do that by a way of an icebreaker or a rapid fire 10 question game emphasis on rapid what are you in the mood for an icebreaker or rapid fire? Let's go rapid fire. Okay, it's rapid. Here we go. We're playing rapid fire with Genesis and Mayhole. Do, 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 do. Question numero uno. Favorite color? Purple. Question two. What's your drink of choice? Coffee, tea, or something else? Iced tea. I love it. Question three. So, with you having Jets tickets being 3,000 miles away, how do you decipher which games you're going to? 
Uh, first, I look at the warm weather situation. So September is the best month to go. October is the second best. You freeze after that. So when you're not using your jet ticket, do you sell them? I'm trying to sell them, but the worse they get, the harder it is to sell. Question four. Would you rather a dream car, dream home, or hell? Let's have both. Dream car, dream home, dream home. Question five. Being a dad to twins, what's one piece of advice you would give new parents? Fasten your seatbelts. Question six. What's one quote or mantra you live by? Horsepower. I love horsepower. That's what drives me every day. Question seven. If you could trade places with anyone in the world, would you trade places or remain yourself? I'd remain myself. Question eight. What is one piece of marital advice you would give to a new married couple? Again, double fasten your seatbelts. <laughs> Question nine. Favorite food? Pizza, although I'm not eating that many carbs nowadays, but I love pizza. But I kind of put it on hold there. And question 10, it's our pass or play question, and here are the rules. If you pass, our roles are reversed, and you get to ask me a question. If you choose to play, I ask one last question to wrap up rapid fire. So do you want to pass or play? I want to play. Okay, last question. If money was no object, where would you go? Uh, I'd go to the Maldives scuba diving. Amazing. Thank you for playing rapid fire, Mayhole. So audience, I hope you learned a little bit more about Mayhole. Now we're going to dive into the meat and potatoes of the segment, which is how do you go from 5K to over 8 million and starting in your parents' basement? What was your driving factor? And give us a playbook here. So the playbook was, I always wanted to be in international business. My uncle, he owned some youth hostels in London. And while I was going to college, I worked a couple summers at those youth hostels. So I was either going to be a sportscaster or I was going to be in international business. And when I went into international business, can you hear me properly? Yeah. When I went into international business, I worked for a company called Drexel Burnham Lambert. That was before Michael Milken crashed that business. I was in Fort Lee, New Jersey, and they used to trade oils, metals, and foreign exchange. And I worked for some of the top gold traders in the world in the back office, making all kinds of payments and things. I actually made my way to the trade desk. And then when Drexel collapsed, they sold out to AIG company and they took me off the trade desk. They put some Harvard girl in charge and this, that, and the other thing. So I quit and I went to work for Makata Metals. Makata Metals was the original member of the London Gold Bullion Fix I worked in five World Trade Center in New York City. And at that time, I started taking courses from Joseph K. 
Joseph K was New Jersey exporter of the year. And he used to give a class kind of like right where the planes hit in 2001 on about the 85th floor of the World Trade Center tower. And at that time, you didn't have Internet. So what Mr. K would do is all night he would be with Africa exporting blue jeans by telex. He'd be on the telex with the customers in Africa procuring stuff from here, selling it there. So he gave us some insights on how to export products. Long story short, Makata, the I'll never forget it, the, the uh, gold options buyer had a cigar outside of the human resources office as they fired me and told me that I wasn't cut out for this job. So I came home. Actually, I went right to Mr. K's class right after that. Then I came home and my dad said, you have a desk. I had one desk. I had no customers. I had no contacts. I had no sales. That's the day I started my company. And my father was a chemical engineer. And Wow. I just wanted to pause right there and highlight this for the audience. So he said that was the day he got fired. And his dad told him, you have a desk, but he had no customers. He didn't have anything, but he did not allow what happened to him to cause him to remain stagnant. And the reason why I wanted to stop here, Mayhole, is because your story is hitting home for me. I was laid off from oil and gas during the pandemic. I spent 12 years in the oil and gas and energy sector. And it was crazy because I was like, how am I being laid off when I have a supply chain and logistics degree? I'm working under the global supply chain umbrella. And I was working on a proprietary project that was dealing with exports. And at the time, my commodity was PE. For those of you listening, PE is polyethylene. And this was my second commodity because before that, I was doing PP, so polypropylene, which is a form of plastics. Both of them are a form of plastics. But I said, you know what? I have two choices here. You could either be the first B, bitter, or you could be the second B, better. So you choose and the ball's in your court. And that was my second L because my first L was losing my father unexpectedly in the pandemic to medical negligence. So I want to let you continue here, Mayhole, but I just wanted to add emphasis there because I feel like there's going to be someone out there that resonates with your story as well as my story because life doesn't just happen to us, but it also happens for us if you change your perspective and you look at it with a different vantage point. Absolutely. So then what happened was I'm sitting in the parents' basement My father was a chemical engineer, actually, in the polyvinyl chloride business. He tried to help me export plastics, regrinds and stuff. You know, you know this business. You have big container loads. The margins are tight. So that didn't work. I tried pollution control equipment. Next, I sold a filter plus to a guy in Taiwan who was indicted for tax evasion. I didn't know that. So he sent his nephew, a Haagen-Dazs ice cream dealer who didn't know anything about a filter press to come buy it in the USA. So I realized after that, I said, it took me six months to make one connection, but it was only one sale. So I need something that has some repetition if I make the connection. So what did I do? I was down to my last dollar. My father said I wasn't going to make it. 
I had to go back to work. My mother kept saying, you're going to make it. And I found a guy, Ron Anderson. He made little pro, his company, Felpro, made these little adhesives, cyanoacrylates, and these little instant glues. And he wanted to export them to India. I come from an Indian background, so my father had a still, well, my father's passed away, but he has a great friend in India who was a top distributor. So I hooked Ron Anderson and my father's friend together at Newark Airport in New Jersey. They had a meeting. Nothing ever happened, but Ron was impressed that I was able to hook these two people up. So six months later, I'm down to my last dollar. Ron Anderson calls me. He says, I got a guy. He's in Italy, in Milan. He wants to sell chemicals and his solvents to the Italian Air Force. But they want my product, Felpro, along with 3M products and other products. So I have a list here. Do you want to do anything with it? If something happens, think of me. So Ron, send me this list. I'm completely broke. I sold my car. I run to the library, get Thomas's register. There was no internet. I find all these companies that make these products. I'm calling all the wrong people. Anyway, I get these 20 items quoted. I'm promised an order within a week. Italian style, it takes six months to get an order. I get the order. The day before I got married, then I think both of us ran away from our mother-in-laws. We come out to San Diego, California. I'm totally broke. I've got one account. And I met a guy who was president of the World Trade Center San Diego. I went to a little networking meeting. He told me about an aircraft maintenance facility that was in Mexico right over the San Diego border in Tijuana. It was a couple hundred million dollar facility with a $3 million paint arm. They were doing heavy third-party aircraft maintenance there, except they were so badly managed, they were kind of in and out of financial problems. So then what happened? What happened was I got a meeting down there with an ex-Chicago policeman. I went down there. And he gave me a list to quote within 24 hours. I quoted it. And he gave me an order for $50,000. And can you hear me there? Yes. I'm over here saying, wow, because that's amazing. Because how many times, audience, do you know whenever you're down on your luck or it's crunch time and you think there's no hope, there ends up being a miracle, a ram in the bush, or you meet a connection that you left an impact on and they think about you because they know you by association, they know your work, and then they start to connect you with the right people. So timing is everything. And when you least expect it, that's when the tide of your battle could change. That's when your trajectory can change. But it's up to you to weather the storm and it's up to you to not stay stagnant and stay in the same mundane routine. Do something that you wouldn't have ordinarily done. And within the right time, the right people and connections are going to come to you. So it's so important that you are mindful of the connections you make. How do you cultivate those connections and how are you setting yourself apart 
versus the masses, because then that's whenever people are going to really be drawn to you. In my opinion, Mayhole, would you agree to that sentiment? Absolutely. And then just to finish that story, what happened is this guy is Chicago policeman gives me that order. Now I don't have a warehouse. I didn't know this stuff is hazardous, paint, flammables, corrosives. So I come up with an idea. I said, I call a trucker. I said, I'll let you truck all this stuff to Mexican border if you let me consolidate all this stuff in your warehouse. Of course, later they stopped that due to liabilities and insurance and all that. But that time they let me do it. I got that first order. I shipped it down there. Then my life really changed when this guy turned around and he said, I like meat. I said, excuse me? He said, you heard me. I like meat. So next thing I do, I'm taking him to a steakhouse. During that dinner is where my life changed, to reference what you're saying. This guy told me about an ex-Hong Kong policeman that had started his own distribution company. And I said, Scott, I remember I sent a letter through the U.S. Embassy or government. I was looking for a distributor in China being on the West Coast. And I remember sending that guy and a couple of companies a letter. So he says, you should contact that guy. And these people had a falling out. They had not talked to each other in five years. I'm coming home from the restaurant. I open my 200 square foot apartment. There's a fax machine next to my bed. And when I open the door, my wife's not home. And there came the fax from Hong Kong. These two people hadn't talked in five years. Said, good morning, Mayhul, we're interested. So I knew Asian people need a reference. I call the guy. He calls Scotty anyway, verifies that he bought the 50000 from me, that I'm doing a good job. And that guy in Hong Kong was married to a Filipino. And in Hong Kong, being a small island, they had to export all around it. So through his previous business, this guy in Hong Kong had connections with Singapore Airlines, Malaysian Airlines, China Airlines, Garuda, Air India, you name it. All three or four of China's biggest aircraft maintenance facilities. So what did they do? For one year, they tried me out with the hardest to find stuff. They would buy it from me and then ship it to Hong Kong and re-export it. But they were getting big. They were into like lavatories, engines, other stuff. They didn't have time for all these chemicals and hazmat. It was too hard for them. So after one year, they called me and they said, you've done a good job. We're going to change how we do this. From now on, you're going to supply all these airlines direct and give us a commission We'll just follow up from our sales force for you. So that's the day that my life changed. I went from having that one account in Italy from my parents' basement to having that one account in Mexico. Now, all of a sudden, I have all the airlines in Asia. I become a 3M distributor. I get the 3M domestic line, which is another story we don't have time for, but I do all of that. And I take this business over a run from 1995 to 2016. 
I take it from 5000 to $8 million, and I sell it to a $150 million French company July 17th of 2016. I was given a two-year contract to integrate and run the business locally, that division. They renewed it for two more which usually doesn't happen, that entrepreneurs stay with the company that they sold. So I actually lasted there five and a half years before they ended my contract this January 31st. So I spent 27 years in that business, 21 as an owner, five and a half as local CEO. And it all started, like you said, with being in the right place at the right time, and getting that break, but not only getting the break, as you were talking about, but capitalizing on that opportunity. Everyone gets that one opportunity. What do you make of it when you get it? So that's my story. Amazing. And thank you for sharing your story, Mayhole, and just giving us a holistic view and grand scheme of it. And I really think your story is empowering because my hopes here with this podcast is not only to share stories, but to also connect the dots and let people know we're here to give you gems that are educational inspirational and motivational while we also like to weave in diversity equity inclusion and belonging because the power of networking is just that there is power when you network with other people there's power when you begin to link arms and collaboration is not the new competition it is the way of creating synergies and you never know how one person one opportunity one big break one miracle can turn your life upside down for the better and put you on the top of the mountain. As long as you are willing, you're motivated, you're determined, you have perseverance, and you realize that on the other side of fear is your victory. And as long as you are cognizant, you're aware, you ask questions and etc., you can be very successful in life. And just, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Yes, we all face losses. We all face trials and tribulations. But what is the lesson that you're learning from those losses, those trials and tribulations? And how are you setting yourself up for success? Because the ball is in your court, but it's up to you to make those three points. Absolutely. So Mayhole, as we begin to wind down this segment, what is your call to action for the audience today based on your story and the sentiments you have shared? I think it comes down to what we just talked about, which is first, you have to work really, really hard Two, and that's, you can talk, my pot podcast is named Small Business Horsepower, because I think when you have horsepower and you sense that horsepower, you really have to go for it at all costs. But third, you touched on that. It's the timing of things. You know, when you get that opportunity, when the time is right and you have that feeling, this is my time to either make it or break it. You cannot take your foot off the gas pedal in that critical moment. That's when you have to go for it. And I think that's the biggest lesson for this audience is when you know, you'll know when that moment comes, when your career is on the line, where you're going to take that next step and you just have to take it. 
Yes, I love that. That's amazing. And Mayhol, for the audience listening in today and the viewers who are going to watch this segment later on, how can they connect with you? Uh, link your website if you have one and share any social media platforms that you may be on. Well, I have, as I just mentioned, I have a podcast called the Small Business Horsepower Podcast. You can find that on all the major platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Tumblr, Spotify, so on. And you can also check out my website at smallbusinesshorsepower.com. So I'm a little bit behind, but I've loaded most of my episodes on smallbusinesshorsepower.com. And again, you can find it on all the major platforms, the Small Business Horsepower podcast in what we do, which is interview people that have taken small businesses or either help small businesses and given them the horsepower to get to the top. There you have it, listeners. It's time for you to rev your engine and keep your foot on the gas, but also practice safety too. And don't take this literally because I don't want you to have any accidents out there, but you do have the ability to take what you have and make it something amazing. As long as you rev your horsepower, keep your foot on the gas and look at what's out in front of you instead of focusing on the minute things that's behind you. And hence, that's why the windshield is always bigger than the rear view mirror. So I hope this segment has given you something to think about. It's empowered you and it has motivated you and inspired you to go on and do something great. You can start from a basement. You can start from an apartment. You could start from anywhere where you are. But the most important thing is to take that leap, make that jump and be something. We believe in you. So believe in yourself too. So make sure you like, comment, subscribe and follow Gems Podcast. We're on over 40 plus platforms, all the major podcasts. For those of you that are interested in partnerships and becoming a brand sponsor, I am looking for you. It does take resources to continue the mission and movement. And this show is currently ranked in the top 2% globally per www.listennotes.com is where you'll find those KPIs, which are metrics. So until the next guest, next segment, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. Go support Mayhole and some of the incredible things that he's doing and give us a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like, or et cetera. As we all know, feedback is a gift. Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-S, at gmail.com where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.